ladies and gentlemen, niggas and crackers, guys, gals, and, and non-binary pals, hot girls and city boys, saints and ain'ts, and, and all our Harlem family, family. Welcome, welcome to your very own podcast. Joined by my boy. Yo, what up? What up? What up? It's Jude, aka Hiking Mountains in Mexico, rocking bright green Crocs, my nigga, aka Catching Sharks, Stingrays, and your girl in Belize, nigga. Oh, wow. Oh, my Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Our number three. Oh, man. Why you gotta gotta do me like that? You just took my aka, but I got another one. Hello, people. My name is Amai K. Simmons, aka (laughs) Mr. Victor Shade, aka. My face is a chair because we about to talk about some topics on this. <laughs> Good God almighty. Yo, I want to run. I want to go for a run around the block after that one. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, wow. All right. And uh, returning to water. the show. <laughs> I need some water. Returning homie of the show. It's our Queens correspondent, the lovely Abril. Yes, sir. Hello. Hello. Uh, What's up, everyone? It's Abril, a.k.a. Broke Tracy Ellis Ross, a.k.a. Dominic and Larry David. Happy to be here. <laughs> I love her so much. That's amazing. And we have our treasured guest on, my good friend, Zoe Johnson. Hi, everyone. I don't know why I'm waving. Um, <laughs> but... Hi, I'm Zoe, a.k.a. Count Blackula, a.k.a. I did not come up with a second one. I tried to get hard <laughs> and about it all week, and I couldn't come up with a new one. I feel like there are so many. Like, well, I mean, whatever. We, we can think about it for the next time, because as we've said before, no one comes to the show just once. So um, as you might be able to tell by now, given the title and also uh, the description, we're talking about sex. And a <laughs> yes, and Ahmad's AKA, and and we're bringing this up. It is Women's History Month, um, and we want to talk about sex specifically, as it pertains, most specifically as it pertains to women, um, how it's kind of affected women, is affecting women, and maybe will affect women in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna pass it off to Jude because I know that he has a ton of questions. But before I do that, I want to ask an icebreaker, and I know this might take some time to think about, to just percolate with me. What's something that you thought about sex that you were proven wrong about? Like, what's an idea about it that you had that you later learned was not the case? Oh, Zoe's going first. Tap me in. Okay. So growing up, I lived, like we discussed before um, we started recording, I'm technically from Texas. Um, So like the first time we learned about sex, they like taught us, we were in fifth grade and they taught us about abstinence. Um, and you know, then that's all they taught you. And then I went home and I was like, mommy, I learned about abstinence today. And her 
her way of like teaching me about sex was like showing me a bunch of pictures of like STDs and stuff like that, which is very, very mm. traumatizing at the age of 10. That's fun. Right. Um, but I had to like unlearn that sex is not, does not equate to like disease and that disease in relation to sex is not bad because things happen. So uh, it's very adult. Like good answer. answer. Very good answer. Mm. Abriel, you still got a pond of it. Um, yeah, I think that's a great question, and uh, I I was just in listening to to Zoe. I I think that mine was like, so I think on TV and like in media, we normalize guys jerking off. Like that's like everyone knows how it happens, what they do, how it's done, all the awkwardness around it. But I just <laughs> didn't know that women can also masturbate and i just mm. couldn't fathom i couldn't figure out like well what do we do like what what is there <laughs> like what is there to do like, <laughs> like i don't have a there's and, I, and, and that could just be <laughs> me being a tv child and and having grown up like heavily watching a lot of tv and letting tv kind of you know and everything about women's sexuality was always kind of vague and and it was like oh you know like it's like oh hush hush you know but like guy stuff is like straight up like balls dicks like (laughs) you know what i mean so i I think that was uh (laughs) i think that's uh one of the misconceptions i had very interesting ahmad well um i i can say that i have never uh, received the sex. I've never had a misconception about sex. I know oh. exactly what it is. <laughs> I did not know at all. I didn't know at all what it was. So, oh. yo, yeah. oh. got someone. This, this in just now. in. Uh, oh. our 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 second guest. Hang on, we're we're pulling something okay. that we we haven't That's usually right. done. Mm-hmm. A new challenger approaches. Uh, we <laughs> coming coming out of the paint is uh, Brianda Agramonte. Brianda, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Hey, I am Brianda. Brianda. I'm an actor, podcaster. I write songs. I do a lot of fun stuff. I'm problematic sometimes, so I've been told. <laughs> um, my AKAs, dude. I okay. Let's see what I can pull out. Okay, we've got uh, AK Brianda, AKA Jesus's uh, child. Okay. Um, <laughs> it seemed like that was going a different direction for half a second. No. <laughs> and my second AKA is the glass blowing goddess. Ooh, Interesting. Okay. Mm. So Brianda, I, we'll circle back uh, to you because there's an icebreaker question I wanted to ask. Yes, Ahmad, please go ahead. So um, as I was saying, my, my uncle, when I was at the age of 10, my uncle would put me onto these movies um, such as the Players Club and other type of raunchy movies that were <laughs> that weren't for a, a 10 year old um not for young lads yeah no n- not at all and so that's what i saw and there were other encounters that that i witnessed and i was like oh so this is what sex is um never got the sex talk at all my mother she chose not to give it to me because she thought i would turn out to be very pure which i am you know you are i am you are allegedly prize holy water yes that's what i drink every morning but you know it's um wasn't it, it wasn't the right type of uh encounter that i should have saw so sex was a little mm. different wow got yeah. you jude i just 
Oh man, well, my, oh, my bad, Zoe. No, hang on, hang on. The lady wanted to say something. What's up? Go ahead. Not I was just gonna say the players' club is like a terrible way to learn about sex. Like that's Very not true. a great movie. I thought it was great. Not a great movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. So Lisa Ray. There... Lisa, Lisa Ray. Ray, phenomenal. But it's hmm. like the the sex that occurs in the players club and the things that happen in the players club if that's your introduction to sex it's like very troubling if that's the what you carry on oh no yeah (laughs) no 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 jude what was yours mine was damn i don't want to sound like an arrogant person and say that i had no misconceived notions about sex Mm. that i've that was proven wrong but just my introduction to it. My mom just gave me the straightforward. She didn't sit me down and have a talk. Like that's not how me and my mom rolled. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom rolled like I would like knock on her door to ask anything. I said help me with my homework, and then we'll just talk, and then we'll just mm-hmm. lead to something, and lead to one thing, lead to another thing, and we'll just we'll, we're, we're talking till two o'clock in the morning. Right. And then I had this. Okay, I had this stupid idea when I was a kid that I want to be some type of player. And just be out here macking mad shorties left and right da, 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 when I was like 13, 14. And my mom was like, yo, Jude, that is pretty dishonest and you can't move like that, can't treat people like that way. You don't want to move that way, Jude. But if that's the way you want to live your life and all you want is to have sex right now, you can go get a prostitute. And I'll set that up for you if you want that. Like she seems to be talking all this shit and she'll just be like just put something on the table like we can set that up and i'm like oh uh, yeah no i'm okay mom i'm okay she's like good that's what i thought <laughs> hmm. love you mom brianda do you have one uh for whatever reason i think maybe it's because i've been like celibate for so long i would like to like maybe like change change your question up a bit if you will Please. um i can give you something it's the first thing that came out of my came to the top of my head when I was younger, my mom used to always say, Brianda, you and my dad, they used to say, you should wait for a guy who's funny and charismatic and like gives you everything and all whatever. That's going to be your husband. Right. And you know, I'm 28 now I'm way older. I've, I don't know how old you guys are. You guys seem like a young bunch, but now that I'm mostly, yeah. Yeah, you I can tell. I can read the innocence in your eyes, all of you. Uh <laughs> I, no. as listen, as as a mature older lady here in the room, I could tell you guys that I I think that that was bullshit. Like I for example, I don't care if someone is like funny or charismatic. That sounds nutty, but I really don't. Like now that I've dated and I know more or less what I want, I just want a guy who can who's kind, who has a job, who is uh, affectionate, I guess, attentive. Like, I don't need all this other frilly stuff. And that, if you would have, if, if someone would have told me that 10 years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, no, I need to have someone who's like a star. It's like, no, I'm the star. Like, mm. I don't need, I don't care about that in my relationship. There are way more important things. Yes then you know what i mean you know what i mean so yeah. i know it wasn't sex but that's kind of where my mind no, went. that's that's good um i i think for me it was just like and maybe this sounds like a cop-out i don't know but for me it was that um that having sex makes you a more interesting person like mm. 
that is not the case. <laughs> there's there's nothing inherent to you know um, to sex that like is automatically going to kind of um, make you more alluring or or more interesting or anything. And um, if you're chasing that, you know, then you can you can very quickly become uh, lost in it. Uh, so yeah, pretty simply, I'd say that's mine. But Jude, uh, I, I I pass it to you now. If you want to open us up, or however you feel like conducting, my good friend. Thank you. So Brianda, I have a question for you because I I was following you for a minute. I saw you on Horrible Decisions. I thought you were freaking hilarious on that joint, and to hear that you found uh, Christ through psychedelics it got me wondering why not follow uh, more alternative Eastern religions because. When you hear people taking psychedelics or doing things like that, it's, I'm picturing just someone at Woodstock with a tapestry of some shit and like floating <laughs> in some incense. So <laughs> what it was the approach to Christ? That's a good question. Wow, you guys got me some good questions here. So, okay, my first inclination to answer that is because it's just how I was cracked open. Like it just happened by chance. I think it's it happened first. Like I, I did acid for the first time and started reading the book of John. Hmm. I think that if I had started reading like some other monk's tale, actually, honestly, no, I think it would have been Christ either way. Hmm. But I will also say that when it comes to those other Eastern religions, I'm not as well versed. Um, and I don't know. I just find that that's not where my soul is, but I don't know where my soul could be 10 years from now, you know? I'm just unsure. I just think that it's what was more available to me. Mm, okay. And if I'm speaking like logically here, like just uh, my surroundings, also my mom and dad I technically were Christian, but not really. I grew up in a home without religion. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it was more familiarity and it was just at reach. Yeah. And I know that's a lame answer, but I guess that's more yeah. or less it. I'm also more of a, I'm more conservative in my in my approach for towards religion and stuff. Mm. And by conservative, I mean like I if something fits, if something works here, I'm down with tradition. Like I don't need to. I can I can um, step outside the box in like my art in whatever I produce mm -hmm. in the, the my discussions in the way I speak. But when it comes to certain things that are a little more like about like spiritual, mm -hmm. I I don't veer too off. You know what I'm saying? I, I keep it more home, more bait, more traditional. You know? No, I hear you. I hear you. And what was sex like for you before your celibacy? Oh my God, a wreck. <laughs> a wreck. God, I was a bartender in New York City. Oh God, my damn. <laughs> so, I was a bar back. I know it's not the same thing, but yo, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. But I'm hold on. Work. But Jude, I don't know if like, I want to also preface that with like, even as a non-celibate person, I also wasn't like, I just never really did casual sex mm -hmm. ever. Mm. So when I meant a bartender, I just meant like the sex I did have was rowdy and explorative and was all about like pushing the envelope with my boyfriends. Right, you know what I mean? Nah. I, I had to correct that a bit there. All right, cool, cool, cool. But no, I'm well, dude, I have a question actually. Living a thug life. What's up, bro? <laughs> I have a question for Brianda is, um, 
just well for the purposes of edifying our audience and you've done this before but can you explain the distinction between celibacy and abstinence the it's pretty simple the difference is that if you're abstaining it there are no religious reasons to you not having sexual intimacy with anyone and if you choose to practice mm-hmm. celibacy you're motivated by spiritual reasons it's mm-hmm. but people typically say like i'm celibate i'm celibate i'm celibate and they're not doing it for religious reasons that's incorrect you're you would be abstaining okay got you yeah that's what i'm doing i'm on hot boy hiatus <laughs> fun fun why yeah. why am i on hot boy hiatus mm-hmm. i had broken up with a, a young lady in December and found myself in another situation in like the end of January with another young lady. And when I was with that different girl, I was like, yo, I got school. (laughs) Right. I got school and I'm trying to really kill shit this semester. So I was like, yo, listen, I'm trying to thug it out, but I can no longer have this casual thing going on right now. So until summer hits, Hot boy hiatus. How's it been though? How's it been uh, so far? How long has it been? Uh, three weeks <laughs> since this semester started. Motherfucker, I thought that you're talking like months. Okay, you're good. <laughs> you're fine. Is it, yeah, no, I'm straight for right now. But but right actually, now. but actually, um, I can I can bring in Zoe here quickly, Jude, before I pass it back to you because okay. uh, Zoe, if you don't mind, I mean, we were on the phone a few days ago and you shared with me that you've been abstinent for a a number of months now um as a personal decision too right so uh what were your what were your reasons for that if you feel like sharing um genuinely so there's like part of the reason that i'm just not gonna go into just because it's like more personal Mm -hmm. um but a large portion of it is like i've are are, do we cuss are we allowed to like use what you feel like okay word so I've fucked a lot of people that I just shouldn't have had sex with. And, <laughs> okay. and it comes down to a thing of, I think, for me personally, I stopped making sure that respect was a thing that needed to be given to me mm. during, not even during sex, but just like in a relationship outside of sex. Um, and I was not valuing myself the way I should have. And a lot of it was like, do I, am I having sex because I want to have fun or am I having sex because I want to feel like people love me and people care about me? Um, And I found, or I realized that toward the end of November, a lot of the, not a lot of them, but there were a portion of encounters I had with people that were not just for fun or for wanting to connect, but it was like trying to fill some kind of void within myself. Mm. Um, and for that, I was like, okay, well, we should probably like take a break because it never hurts to take a break from sex and to just kind of like recalibrate how I feel about myself outside of other people. So it's, I haven't had sex since November. Um, and Justin knew me before I was abstinent and that's a very long time. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's what you said, Brianda is, is, uh, is and I wonder if 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 Ahmad and Jude you'd agree and Abril too, but like it makes you recalibrate, you know, it, it, this this idea of incels now I feel is so harmful to the actual yeah. like concept of celibacy because it has very little to do with religion at least most of the time. It's just like a bunch of 
mostly men who are upset and feel that they are owed sex and because they have not gotten it because of their own social awkwardness or whatever, whatever, then they're choosing to make an identity out of that. But in reality, it's, it's pulling meaning away from something that is actually very um, profound. Yeah, I think it just sounds good rolling off the tongue. Incels, it's just right. It's branding. <laughs> yeah, you know, like intel. Right. What yeah. is the definition of incel again? Involuntarily celibate. Is it's a it's a it's a a portmanteau is what we call that. Oh. You take a long phrase and you shorten it. Yeah. So like it's this. It's basically it's part of that whole like gamer stereotype or yeah. kind of like that Reddit 4chan thing, which is where a lot of these people dwell yeah. where <laughs> I say so dwell like the they're bad. <laughs> yeah. But, but this idea that, Oh, I'm, I'm an awkward guy. It's not, all, it's not an idea. I don't mean to be flippant. There are some people who genuinely have a hard time getting to make connections. Okay. Right? Let me get tell you something, it. Justin, right now, you keep throwing around okay. these big ass words. I know you be reading. <laughs> I know you read a whole lot, okay? But listen, my brother right there. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to slow down. <laughs> Brianna, he's a thespian, but like a. Oh, that's right. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we? Were you, did I talk to you about being an actor? No, you said very briefly. Yeah, we kind of had a little. Yeah. One uh, uh, one on one about that, but yeah, just that I, I brought that up just to say, like, because when we're talking to someone who actually practices celibacy, such as yourself it makes that idea much more kind of ridiculous or even offensive depending on where you fall. But um, I want, that's all I wanted to say. Jude, you can <laughs> ask the next question if you have one. Yeah. So the question was before that was what was sex life before? Oh yeah. yeah. Are you a bartender in the city? Yeah. Yeah. So I was bartending in New York since I was 19. I, the no. second I got here, I, yeah, I was corrupted from jump. Uh, where are you from? I'm from Boston, outside of Boston, a place called Lynn, Massachusetts. A whole lot of Dominicans there. Okay, gotcha. Dominicans in Boston? What? <laughs> I'm sorry, I know nothing. I thought it was just white We're people everywhere. and Bobby Brown. No! Oh my God, you're so you couldn't be more wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. There are like Boston is littered with Dominicans. I don't want to say littered because I'm Dominican, obviously. But like, there's so many Dominican. There's a huge Dominican population uh, over there. Now, do now do 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 Boston Dominicans have a Boston affected Spanish funny. accent? This is the question. The Boston affected Spanish accent. What do you mean? Like, do they have a? Does their ah, Spanish sound ah. like they're from Boston? No. More than like what? That's okay. a weird. No. Why would? <laughs> Could you imagine? No, no, no. That's Hola. That, that, <laughs> no, that's unusual. I think their Spanish is pretty standard, but like I'm assuming, mm. but their English is like my dad. My dad has a really thick Boston accent. Like the other, mm. the other day when or the last time I was home, I like to like interview him about myself, like the narcissist that I am. But like I was like, mm. Daddy, what's the best? What's your favorite part about me? And he was like, Brianda, you you're spectacular. And I'm like, Whoa, Boston! Holy crap. <laughs> but um it was just wild like i was doing i was like coerced by a lot of older men in the scene to do things that i otherwise wouldn't have done but you know what when you're you know when you're young when you're a teen and you're early 20s listen unless you're from the south and like you marry at a really 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 young age like you're like the when you're having sex it's i don't know you're easily susceptible to other people's like, desires outside of your own but that comes with that comes with that comes with anyone who's like young, right? Like, yeah. And I'm sure that there are exceptions, right? There are a lot of young people who are not who were raised really like 
my eyes very well and they they obviously don't fall victim to those those acts but mm-hmm. uh that's it's not really the case for me or the people around me like that that bubble between like 18 and 23 i gotta tell you like 80 percent of my sexual encounters i was either like manipulated by men coerced by men and women and women um bisexual or? i am no no i'm i'm of the hetero i'm of the hetero kind but like i said like when you work in nightlife you, you get spicy yeah and also it wasn't even me it was like i had this one, okay i have a story so i had this one bar manager i will not say his name but i know his name it's stamped in my head because once you've been like a victim of sexual assault or anything of the sort you remember everything about these people you know um this i i was 19 and at my bar, we were encouraged to drink. Like it's basically in your job description to get drunk and drink with your, your, uh, your customers, customers. your patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I remember this one night I got wasted, which my manager got me wasted. He got all of us wasted. And my manager told me at, by the end of the night saying like, if I don't make out and hook up with this girl, my, my other bartender, he was going to like, get rid of, take, get me off of my Friday, my Saturday night shifts which I'm not made of money. Like I've been working, I've nah. paid for my own stuff since I was 18. Like I, I couldn't, I, hearing that, you know, as a 19 year old, you're like, oh my God, I just got this job. I just became able to afford like rent and on my own and stuff. Right. So like, I remember just being drunk and it feeling like I had no other option. Of yeah. course, you know, now that I've processed this, I was coerced by a freaking 45 50 year old white man who not only that you know what i come to think he was also like a white man who was like an ex-actor like very charming and very like Mm. you know what i'm saying so i think that plays a role too like like if you're an attractive essence oof you that's that's you get away with some of that shit and i i think that that's kind of like what happened and then i ended up hooking up with this girl and i didn't want to but i did because i feared for my job that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It sucks. I mean, I'm, I'm good now. You know, this happened uh, like eight, eight, nine years ago, but. Yeah, nightlife in New York City is disrespectful. Like, I would see wild <laughs> shit all the damn time. Like, I used to work at this restaurant in East Harlem, and my boss, I love him to death. Like, he took me under his wing when I was a kid after my pops <clears> passed, <throat> but he was one of my influences when it came to sex, and he was the one pushing the agenda of. Yo, Drew, do I get no pussy yet? And I'm 13. Hmm. I'm like, my nigga, like, yo, relax. He's talking crazy. He's <laughs> talking crazy. Relax. You know? Yeah. And that's something. That's something to be. That's something to be said. Or there is something to be said for uh, the way that um, sex is pushed on youth in terms of like, like having it or or engaging in like sexual activities at a time that like in the grand scheme of things would be ridiculous to specifically with young boys yeah. uh, from older men um and that's something that like i think definitely needs to be you know checked, it needs to be checked because yeah. i i think what it you know like i can think of examples you know or, or stories that um the women in my life have told me about even men in their own family who like because of their conception of sex of sex and sexuality start to look at them different when they turn a certain age, you know? Yeah, once that and it's like, hits. hence that, hence that one big phrase of how the uncle look, would look at the, at the cousin or the young, a granddaughter, they'd be like, you look just like your mom. Right. 
and it's like stop and also but and then also you have it forces so to speak the mothers of in the 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 women in the family to be like oh you got to cover up when so and so is over or when men are in the house i don't know a real zoe if either of you have ever experienced that in terms of like feeling limited by like things that are outside of your control because like some other person can't control where their eyes are yeah i think for me even not necessarily in the in the home space because my mom doesn't play that like my my mom has always and i'm fortunate enough because i know people who do not have the same parenting experience that i have where my mom is my protector my mom will not let anybody my mom will fight a child before she lets something like happen. <laughs> is your mom the military person in the family yeah my mom is my mom my mom and my dad are both in the military but oh, my Jesus. mom my i grew up like primarily with my mom and then my mom got to, um, remarried when i was in high school but mm-hmm. both my parents i consider my stepdad my father so yeah. both my parents are in the military but my mom was always the type she's gonna go to war for me no matter what happens like my mom is not gonna let anybody look at me any kind of way, anybody talk to me any kind of way. So I was fortunate enough to not have the experience of my mom being like, you need to cover up because there's men in the house. Cause it's always like, if there's somebody in the house looking at me some type of way, they don't need to be in our house. Mm-hmm. But as far That's as like in, in the school environment, I, before I was like as the weight that I weigh now, which is mainly due to depression and eating issues that I'm working through. Um, I weighed like probably like 135 when I was in the eighth grade. And I was a tone 135 because I had really thick legs and a, a nice little eighth grade ass. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was, I'm not, That's so I'm messy. not to sexualize myself, but I was cute and I was thick in the eighth grade. And I went to school in an area where I'm sorry, that's actually I think that's the episode title is thick in the eighth grade. No, cute cute little eighth grade ass was what got me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Just cut that and send it around as blackmail. I'm sorry, Zoe, go ahead. No, but I would like I look I had a nice shape. I have a nice shape now, but I would go to class and I, I remember I like wore short, shorts to school because it was like, what, June? And you know, like school doesn't get out to like June 20th when you're like in middle school and stuff like that. Oh I, was in, I was in class and one of my teachers was like, you need to go to the office. And I was like, why do I need to go to the office? And she's like, well, your shorts are too short. And I'm like, but Jessica, who is white and has no ass, oh. is wearing shorts shorter than me. So why isn't Jessica going to the office with me? Because the way I see it, Jessica got on shorts too and Jessica's shorts are just as short as mine but it kind of like I've had that happen a lot in school where it's like somebody can wear a short skirt if they don't have the body type that I have but because I am voluptuous is I don't even think I said that right is it voluptuous voluptuous yeah no vo- whichever I'm one right. voluptuous yes you're both because you're both. Hmm? You're both. You're both. You're both. <laughs> because I do have like a thicker body type, it becomes an issue of how I dress because I have to be mindful that boys are looking, which is not my issue because it's hot outside and I want to wear some shorts because it's hot mm. outside. Like yeah. it's it's always been kind of that for me. I'm lucky that it's never been in the house, but I think I've always had to be mindful of like 
if I bend over, can somebody see something? Is my skirt too short? Am I going to distract boys? And honestly, once I hit like high school, I was like, that's not my problem. <laughs> I like to look good for myself. If Peter keeps looking at me, that's Peter's problem. Peter's mom should teach him that he needs to do better. That's not my issue. Or speak like, up if he has something to say and then get shut down. It's all right. Exactly. Bro. We all do it. Like, uh, it's one of things. Um, that's so funny because I feel like I had the opposite issue in school because I was always in baggy clothes and nobody was looking twice at me. And I was okay with that because I was like, all right, I don't want the attention. I just, I want to. I was just like chilling with my nerdy friends. I wasn't even going outside. Like I was in the cafeteria during lunch, but I think that I did find that, um, that with friends that I had that, like you said, Zoe, like if they had a certain body type and usually it'd be the Hispanic and black girls, if they were a little more voluptuous that they got sent to the principal's office a little bit more often or they, or to the Dean. Um, Cause you know, they're sexualized much, you know, younger and, and, you know, immediately than other kids are. Um, but, uh, in my family, I'm glad I've never had that issue of, you know, also like, even though I did have my, like, there were times where, you know, you have guests over and first of all, it's my house. If I want to be in shorts and pajamas or whatever it is, I'm gonna do that but you know I've had my mom be like oh there's people or oh you can't wear those shorts you know and stuff like that so unfortunately she still has a lot of like machismo kind of ingrained in her and and that kind of stuff but also I was raised with um all like my with my mom's side of the family and it's all boys so it's like literally like it was me and like seven or nine boys that I grew up with um so my, you know, my identity as a woman, like they, you know, they forgot that I was a girl. They they were just like, all right, whatever. And they talk a lot of boy stuff. And even as an adult, like I remember um, I went out to like to get drinks with my uncle and my two older cousins who were boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, like they, the way that they were talking about women and like, oh, yeah, I smashed this girl and I smashed that girl and this this slut and this hoe. And I was like, I was just disgusted. Like, I was like, I wish you would treat me like a girl in this moment and just be like, oh, no, let's not talk about this in front of her. Because I was just like, it completely changed my view on them and also my uncle. Because, you know, growing up, you, you see your, your family members, your aunts and uncles and, and stuff as like, your role models and then you see that they're the same ones who are talking shit the same way that the guys that you don't like talk shit you know what I mean like so it it was very um like a rude awakening like hearing them talk that way um and you know and being the person that I am I also correct them um you know it could only go so far you know and that especially when they outnumber me as men and they're like oh no this is just how men talk and you know, whatever it is. But with the younger boys, I'm always like, treat girls like this. Don't be rude. If they say no, it's no. Don't be trying to convince them. You know, just trying to do my very due diligence and just like educating them. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, they're annoying older cousin. You like know? that little nephew you got, the little um, little cousin of yours you keep posting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him. I'm I mean, that little nigga straight. Yeah. Oh, from the jump. <laughs> from the jump. I mean, yes. <laughs> I love that kid. Um, I haven't met him yet. 
he's he's adorable and you know i we we always put him in his place <laughs> he's like five but you know we put him in his place um but yeah i think it's it's a really weird dynamic and it and i've definitely seen it firsthand of like guys getting that like yo- like young being like oh you got girlfriends oh what's up oh what's up player what are you doing and then for me it's like you're not allowed to date until you're 30. And I'm like, how the hell are you going to give me that rule? Yeah. And then, you know, everybody else, you're encouraging them to to date at 10 years old. You know what I mean? You, so, yeah. My bad. But I think what, what sticks out to me is that you say, like, this is just how men are. Like, that's that's literally, like, the excuse that when you think about why you're you're told you can't date, and why you have like your younger nephews being told that they should be dating and they should be doing X, Y, and Z and people ushering them into sex before they they need to be ushered into sex. It, it all comes down to like, that's how men are expected to be. And the irony is, is that like the men will treat like the women in their lives, like found, like sisters and moms and, and daughters as like, oh, stay away from men. But then they're giving men the same advice or, or their sons and their nephews, the advice that they don't wish their daughters to experience or they don't it's, wish it's, their sisters to experience. It's what you call a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like exactly. as, as uh, your, your one hand doesn't know what the other is doing kind of, because like you're telling girls one thing and boys another thing, and then they grow up and, and, and reach conflict most of the time. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Jude? We're going to be in the new generation. We're going to cut that shit out immediately. So my Got kids are correct. So what was the conversation anybody had with, with their parents regarding adult activity, you know, sex, drinking, smoking? We already got through the sex talk, meaning that most of us didn't really have a traditional talk or the talk at all. But what did our parents teach us about drinking, smoking, or anything else pertaining to adult activities? And we can start with, with Brie if she's ready. Uh, the conversations never happened. I think that the, the I guess, a conversation adjacent, uh, me getting yelled at for, like, doing mm. something ba- bad and disappointing them. And then, like, them not knowing how to, like, scold me or what's it called? Like, uh, uh, discipline Chasing. discipline me. Yeah. Uh, they just it was kind of like that. But the only reason why I never approached them in the first place was because my parents and I didn't know how to communicate effectively. Like there, it's just like, you can like, which came first, you know? Um, but we never had, I think the, the, the first, one of the first times we had a discussion on like drinking was when she, I replaced the gray goose in our liquor cabinet with water and she found out because she was obviously she was having a drink and she was like you know and that's that's when she was like Brianna it was you and like me being yelled at is how we started talking about it but I guess in the I mean in my in my group of friends like our our parents were really I don't know kind of irresponsible when it came to discussions like that Mm. Mm. Yeah, which is also why I may or may not have a drinking problem. We will find out. Come on. <laughs> um, when it came to drinking and smoking, I can tell you this, and this revolves back to my uncle. Same one. Um, I had my <laughs> uncle spicy. <laughs> Listen, 
I had my first drink from him, my first taste of alcohol at the age of five. Um, I remember I was, I was at, <laughs> I was at my, my my uncle's best friend's place. Uh, rest in peace to her. I love her. Um, we went there one time, and he had he had a nutcracker in his hand. So any anytime you saw my uncle, you see a drink in his hand. But me, at a, as a five year old, he was like, "Hey, Ma, you want some lemonade?" And you know, <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I get a drink of it. I get a little sip and my face just like, like a sour. So I was like, what is this? And he was like, it's a nutcracker. And so at the age of 10, I got introduced to much more alcohol by him. And then little did I know later on, like my mom, she was so strict on having alcohol or even wine in the house. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and that like, Due, due to her, like as as a young child, um, my, my grandfather he passed away due to liver failure, and so yeah. he's been he was drinking like nonstop. Yeah, and he died in seventy two when when my mother and my uncle were twelve, and so that was like it was it was it was hard on them. It, it, it was like scared of, straight immediately. Yes. So my uncle, of course, he didn't really like follow through and stop drinking. He kept doing it much more as as the years went by. But my mom, mm-hmm. she's just strictly on like a little bit of wine, and that's it. So when she saw that it was it's starting to become like a thing, where I'm going into like drinking hard liquor first before even touching a bottle of wine, at the age of like what eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. there was one time where she saw me. A little tipsy and that was like the limit i was like that's the only time or like the only time that she'll ever see me like tipsy off of alcohol mm. and yeah smoking is it's a different story like cigarettes no I don't, i've never smoked it but i've been around it when my uncle smokes in front of me i will go home smelling like cigarettes and my mom will hate that we right. we is a different story but um cigarettes uh that's a big no Big, Big no, yeah. I got scared straight with that. It was the um commercials with the dude with the hole in his throat and the That'll do it. box. And I remember he had to like clean it and he's just talking in the robot voice. And I was just like, Yeah, never doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That kind of worked that worked on me too. That's that's one of the great ad campaigns of the twenty first. Yo, honestly, yo, whoever came up with that, amazing marketing. <laughs> amazing. Except for the <laughs> except for the weed one when they demonized weed. We oh, have like the, the flat wrong. body on, on on the couch, and it's like this is her after she smoked weed. Yeah, the second <laughs> dude, I remember trying smoking weed for the first time and being like, "Uh, I'm not like that girl. Like, I'm chilling." Like, I remember being like, <laughs> "They lied. They lied." Somebody lied. Yeah. Um, For my family, weed is the, like the major, major no no. Like, I mean, same. To, huh? Same. Oh, same. same. Yeah. yeah. I, but I think because my family is Dominican also, and, and I think that that's just like a thing that they have always seen as like it is connected to crimin, criminal activity. It's It doesn't get you anywhere. It always is like if you're connected to that, like they are automatically like you're a dealer. Mm. Like and in their quick, head. Like, April, you think that also has something to do with it being a black thing, like weed being amongst absolutely. black folks? Absolutely. I like obviously I don't haven't researched it, but I often think about like you know what how Dominicans in like New York specifically in New York City 
have been trying to separate themselves from black communities and 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 you know blackness yeah it, it was always demonized um in my family but i never saw it as like uh like you know as you know uh, as bad as the thing that my family would make it seem as um cigarettes i never had an interest in it nobody in my family really smoked cigarettes i have like one aunt who does um and then drinking wasn't like my family didn't get like wasted or anything um like i had like a couple like aunts and uncles who were like the fun ones and they would make drinks and they would make margaritas or you know take you out but um besides that it wasn't very like a drinking family like mm -hmm. so fantastic mm. z-rock justin no I, i'll let zoe go first if she has oh Oh, um, yeah, I think for me, me and my mom have always had like very open dialogue about not, not necessarily like drugs, but like weed. Um, and like, I always tell people like the story, like the first time I smoked weed was on the Brooklyn Bridge, the night of like my orientation to college. Oh, because shit. I was like, well, I'm, I'm here. I might as well try it. I'm liberated. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm free. And if you, like growing up in a military environment, it's really like cultish um, because you're just like around these groups of people who all are forced to have like similar core values. And I say forced because you're you're put into this box where you have to be straight. You have to be a Christian. You have to like not do drugs. You have to not drink and you have to like, like, it's just like, it's just a, it's a nasty ass box to be in. Um, so when I was allowed to like be myself and finally like figure out what I like and what makes me happy, I started smoking. But my mom was always like very aware of that because she was present for orientation the next morning. I was like, oh, yeah, I smoked weed with like one of the girls I met. So and she was mm. like, OK, well, you know, you're in college now. and I'm not going to be here. So you have to figure those things out for yourself. Mm. But as far as alcohol goes, I think I grew up in a house where people drank around me. So, and it, like alcohol was never a secret and not drank around me like in a way that I need to be, like people should be worried about whether or not I grew up in a safe household. But my mom, my grandmother drank, my mom sh like showed me in a realistic way what alcohol is and how it affects people and what it means to like be a person who uses substances that alter their kind of like their mind state and not in a in a way that it was always like a talk of like, well, you're in high school now and you're gonna go to parties. If there's gonna be drinking, are you gonna drink? And if you are gonna drink, let me know, kind of like, my mom was always like, oh, let yeah. me know what you're doing my mom too. because then I can help you through this process. So when I got to college, I already knew what my drinking limit was. Like, I didn't have that, that experience of like, I'm losing my mind. Like I'm in New York City, I don't know what, like there's so many options. It was kind of like, okay, I can handle two shots and a drink. And and three, three means I need help. Like three means somebody has to help me get home. Like I knew what my limits were. I had to figure that I was weed because I hadn't been smoking before I came to college. And that was a, that was a whole thing because I did edibles and tried to smoke at the same time and realized that it's really one or the other. <laughs> you don't do, you don't do both at the same time. No, 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 no. 
but it's like I I was always fortunate enough to have like a mom who taught me about things instead of um, keeping me in the dark about them because I think that helped me like me lose I don't like the term losing my virginity but the first time I had sex was it was a I was able to kind of like understand the what I was doing because we had had talks about sex and we had been very open i i told my mom after i lost my virginity what like, did your mom tell sorry how did you sorry for interrupting i'm so curious good also because it seems like your mother had such a great hand at raising you jesus but like what how did oh, that come her fault <laughs> of course we're in, of she course <laughs> um but none worse than a dominican mother born in the 60s what i'm saying is probably yes <laughs> what 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 did that discussion look like like what did she say to you specifically how did she start it like like what did that conversation look like yeah so the very first the very first time we had like talked about sex which I think her approach shifted after this was like I was in the fifth grade and I was living in Texas at the time so like they had had a sex talk with us but their sex talk was like just abstinence like you don't have sex you don't think about sex Mm -hmm. you don't look at the word sex it doesn't exist sex is not a thing and I came home and I was like we learned about sex today and my mom also she's a public health um doctor she was a public health like specialist in the air force so that's also like it's her job to work with sex and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so she was like cool what did they teach you and I was like they taught me about abstinence and she was like okay well let's have a conversation about what sex actually is um and a lot of that had to do with like introducing me to like what STDs were, which I think the way she did it wasn't great because I think it created a fear about sex and STDs that really shouldn't be there because things happen. Like you can't, people have STDs happen, STIs happen. There's no stigma. There shouldn't be a stigma because you are still who you are and you enter into that risk. Like it, it, it comes with sex. It could happen. Um, I digress, but she had taught me like what STDs were. And then when I got into high school, it was like sex. Usually my mom, I was straight at the time. So it was like, sex is between like a man and a woman. And he puts his penis into your vagina and it'll hurt the first time more than likely. But what um, do you mean? I was straight at the time. Oh girl, I am gay. Oh, okay. So you just, you, you, you hadn't come out yet or have, yeah, no. Did you always, did you always know? I always knew, but I didn't feel comfortable saying anything because Uh. I was like, it was a military community with a bunch of military kids. And it was kind of just like, I don't know. I didn't have anybody really like helping me understand what it meant to be queer, but I always knew that I was queer and it kind of like evolved into like, oh, I think I might be bisexual. Oh, I think. What was the first thought? Like, what was the first thing? Was it like you saw... Uh, uh, like, how did you figure that? How did you like synthesize? Oh, I'm into women. I noticed that I, whenever I'm attracted to women, like it's not a thing I can hide. But like when I was younger, I was like, I look at girls a little bit more than I look at men. Like I, I feel things for women. And I had like had, I was like that girl who had crushes on like all of her friends all her female friends like not in a predatory way but just in the way of like oh she's so beautiful I can't find a girl like her kind of thing Mm. and I was like dating men dating whatever you Mm -hmm. do in high school 
um I was like talking to boys at that time but it was never like anything of interest and then the first time I had like had sex with like a cis straight man I was like mm, ain't for me <laughs> mm. like whatever this is I don't want to do it it's not fun it doesn't god well thank you for sharing all of this I was gonna say <laughs> I have I feel like I experienced the same thing only I'm very much hetero but I just am so mm-hmm. underwhelmed by men like it's it's more like uh I find women to be so interesting smart exciting dynamic beautiful like they're so freaking awesome like uh and it's like damn it have you do you mind if I ask like have have you like had sex with women before yeah one well from that one time remember that oh that that situation yeah. yeah um and then I think, I mean, maybe I've made out with a, a couple other girls mm-hmm. after, but again, it was always because there were like, either my boyfriend was around or yeah. I was trying to like be seductive and like trying to impress the, the dudes in the room. So even at its yeah. core, there was a very heteronormative approach to it. Like if in my eyes, I wish it had been more like, I just wanted to like make out with this beautiful woman, but yeah. it really wasn't, the, if I'm speaking honest, it wasn't really the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just find it so uh, in, um, interesting to hear about the experiences of other, you know, uh, of other uh, people when it comes to that kind of like sexual exploration to like, yeah. to figuring out what you are at today. Right. And yeah. also, who knows? I'm definitely, I'm, I'm open. Like, not that I'm open, like I'm bi, but like, who knows what the hell I'm going to be doing at 60? Like, what if at 60, I'm finally <laughs> like, that's it. I'm done with dudes. I'm just going to be asexual. Yeah. Like, I'm going to shave my head and go live in a freaking monk house in Nepal. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who, like, I, it truly is like a journey because I always like wanted to believe that I was straight because it was just like the easiest thing to be. Mm-hmm. But it's just for me. I know I like people with vaginas. Pussy. I, I mean, like pussy. Yes, I like pussy. Um, but I asked. Um, <laughs> this is great. I, I asked you um, if you. I wanted to know if you had like any other experiences because I don't want to. For well, I don't. I'm not you, but I didn't want to count that as like your sexual experience because I would want for your sexual experience with a woman to be like of your choice and of your will like yeah I don't I don't like to look at like coercion and stuff like that as a part of like consensual sex because it's not like I don't I don't yeah well then in that case then it was just it would just be like the stuff that were over the jeans over this like makeout and stuff like that yeah that's happened but so yeah I, I get what you mean and that's interesting that you would discount that because it makes sense and you're also kind of like it's a nod to all the other people that have been like victims of sexual assault it's kind of Mm -hmm. like just because that happened to you doesn't mean that it defines you kind of a thing like you know what I mean um I I I'd never seen it thought that way but so the answer to that would probably be no then okay well if it ever happened you know (laughs) give you a call oh I thought you were hitting on me no Honestly, I was like, I was like, Zoe, Zoe, you trying to do something else? Holla at me. Very direct. Zoe pulled up from yeah. 30, like, step 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no, Zoe, I mean, Zoe, the last dance, Johnson. <laughs> I mean, oh. like, it's, uh, I wasn't speaking specifically with me, but if it ever 
happens, I would love to hear about it. Because okay. okay. Uh-huh. But- <laughs> Jude, podcast. Jude and Ahmad, I I wanted to I wanted to wait for it to, up, to, to let to let you know. What just happened is what I kind of loved happened, which is that especially in International Women's Month, the women just took over the podcast. Brianna and Zoe just asked each other questions I for 20 minutes, and I was fine I, with I it. loved it. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at, like, well, I mean, there it is. So that was, I, I loved that. Um, I, I want to be conscious of, of, of course, all of our time and, mm-hmm. and move us on a little bit. Jude, I really like your question seven. So let's, let's crack that open a little bit, and then I'll, and then I'll go to one, at least one of my questions. All right, cool. Fuck your questions. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> nah, I got you, brother. Um, would y'all agree with the idea that masturbation keeps you from getting into trouble? The way my mother taught me, the way my mother taught me was just like, Jude, because I still talked about, when, mm. even when I would start having sex and starting to get a little out here, uh, my mom was like, Jude, relax. Just masturbate. You don't got to go do all that right now. But I was also my mom's only child. I'm like her little boy. So mm-hmm. I don't know where that was with her. Just wanted her to protect me and not me being out here because I would hang out with my mom all the time. And mm-hmm. we'd go to bars or go out to eat. And all these women that would know me when I was like 16 and 17, you know, they're like, hi, hi, Jude. And then when I turned 19, 20, 21, they're like, hi, Jude. And my mom felt fucking weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Jude, chill. But would y'all say masturbation keeps you out of trouble i i'm i actually want to go first on this um because uh i i made a note next to that saying justin would not um (laughs) and i don't know if this will be too i don't know if this will be too like deep to start off but we've already been pretty deep so i'm just gonna i'm gonna go into it um the masturbation does not have to be tied to pornography but more often than not I feel that it is, um, it, especially with men. I, I obviously I can't speak to the, the the woman's experience, and we have three lovely women here who can talk about that. Um, I know that for me, the problem that I that I've recently begun to interrogate is that even if I even if I'm getting vulnerable, even if I am doing that right separate from like watching pornography or any sort of like consuming any sort of imagery like that what i wind up doing is visualizing something or someone and i and i recently realized isn't is that not a form of violation in a in a way to think about someone in a way that you do not have access to them without the knowledge that they are that you are doing that i mean it's it's not like criminal but in a way, it, I feel like it builds you up to this point where, like, you can't, it, when you're interacting with that person in real life, you know, you wake up the next day uh, and you see that person and there is that level of you. I mean, attraction is natural. I'm not saying that yeah. you can't be attracted to people, of course. But, like, if you're, if you just, like, undress that person mentally, right, mm-hmm. you know, what is that actually doing for your you for you and for your relationship with that person and i've just found that like i I would love if i was able to like connect to the heartbeat of the cosmos and and not think about some a person but the beauty of life and then because i know there are some people who like are able to to 
to masturbate in a way that's like, I guess, non-targeted. But for me, it just, it, 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 it follows that like, if you're going to be doing it with someone in mind, then that's like, it's a, it's a, it's a targeted thing. Right? And so would it, that's where I'm coming from. With would it. it be like someone that you haven't previously had uh, sex with? Because when I do my thing and I'm not using uh, study materials, <laughs> flashcards, no flashcards. I, I hear what you're saying. Right. Like if, if it, if it's, mm-hmm. yeah, like a lot. I just go, I, I, I just, you know, go back into my files and be like, right. This was fun. And, and reminisce on that. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's that's another possibility, but that's like you still see I know. That as violation po- po- nah, I mean, quotes. maybe not as much because you were involved in the situation. If it was a good situation, yeah. But like, even within the porn industry, right? Like, you're watching people that sure they're getting paid to do this, but not all of them necessarily like you know mm-hmm. every single job that they have, and so even watching that is sort of like, um especially because they're like the, the darker channels of the internet. And like you're, there was this documentary I watched one time called hot girls wanted that really kind of opens your eyes into like how people are selected for pornography or how they wind up there. And then the things that they feel they have, or will, that, that they're forced to do casting couches, all that stuff. And, and you know, it, that's, that's kind of my perspective on it. I, I don't, I don't think of it as keeping you out of trouble because I think what it does is it traps all these fantasies inside your head anyway. And then okay. at some point, you know, um, they could, they could, uh, unleash in a, in a, in a destructive way, but that's how I feel. Yeah. I am curious what I'm talking what, about. I'm talking about yeah. like you going out doing something with someone you probably know you shouldn't be doing it with. Right. Or, and you might obviously catch something's not, wrong at all shit just happens right but you don't want to catch nothing and right you have those experiences but you might not have and, a good one and i mean yeah, and, and, and you know trouble. not for nothing like post nut clarity is real right like you might be thinking about hiatus. texting <laughs> you might be thinking about texting that one person and then you're like let me just do what i gotta do and then you realize that's all that i wanted so there was no reason for me to have hit that person up so that aspect of it yes but i also think and you know i'm i'm very interested to hear what uh Rianda has to say about this because i don't know how celibacy ties into this but i think that like there are other things that you could also do to take your mind off of whatever that is that don't involve you having to masturbate but I, I'm I, no one. There's no order. I'm just saying I want to open the floor because you know. I actually feel like um, I don't have that same exact experience, but I kind of relate it to um, like I remember in college, I would any class that I would be in, I would just be like, "All right, who do I have a crush on? Who who am I gonna have a crush on this semester?" Because mm. I feel like it's you know I feel like it's innocent enough that it's just like if if you just you know your brain is automatically gonna kind of look for someone attractive or someone or you're gonna develop feelings for someone you know because they lent you a pencil or something like that whatever it is but I I feel like it's um I don't feel like it's necessarily like unhealthy or anything like that I think it's fine and it's perfectly I would it's hard to even use the word normal in in the context of sex because i feel like even what that is is different to different people because not a lot of people talk about sex so how do you know what actually normal is um Mm -hmm. or who defines normal and and usually it's like straight white guys you know like they're like oh this is how sex is or this is this is what happens like 
This is what we doesn't see on it, TV. Sorry, I just cut you off, but doesn't it seem like that's shifting? Like everyone's talking about sex now? Yeah, that's how I found I you. I think it's becoming more of a conversation, and I think it is becoming more open, um, like an open conversation, which I think is great. I think it's just the the stuff that we grew up with and, and the notions that not only we grew up with, but our parents instilled in us is also something to keep in mind. You know, like... You know, like Zoe, what your parent, what your mom taught you, uh, you know, about how sex is or, or what it, you know, that your your perception of it is different now, you know, so mm-hmm. I think that that's, um, I think that's what, what is kind of complex about it. But in terms of like, I think post-nut clarity is definitely real. Um, I feel like also, even like friends with benefits, I feel like sometimes could be helpful in this sense, but I think that it's very hard to have a genuine friends with benefits where like, you know, cause it's hard to like, I, I think about like sex as like that, that's a very physical thing, a very like you're, you're letting someone in or you're, 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 it's a lot of chemistry, a lot of like, there's yeah. a lot of like actual like science and, and it changed like for women, it changes your pH balance. It changes your body. It changes your body's like contracting and and doing all these different things to if you're having straight sex let's say for example or even if you're having if you're having um you know if you're getting like finger you're getting whatever it is like your body is doing something your body is being interacted with so it is like you know what I mean like it it, you're you're going through something so I feel like some I don't know like it, it it's really hard to not go out and and just want you know like you said like go crazy out in the streets and stuff but you know sometimes it is a safer environment if you're just at home and you take care <laughs> take care yeah. of it by yourself. Mm. Stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zoe, go ahead, Zoe. I think I think that when from so I when I speak about sex I want to like just make it very clear that I only speak for myself because I do not know any well i know justin but not that sounded weird i know justin <laughs> whatever I'm, yeah um <laughs> i i, I want to speak on behalf of myself because i don't want to speak for other people for me masturbation doesn't stop me from doing anything because i don't i think masturbation is having sex with yourself but to me they don't having sex with myself doesn't compare to having sex with somebody else because Pretty i feel much. like same, to be bro. honest, like you even orgasm differently. Like it's it's different. So I don't think that I don't think that those two things yeah. like it it doesn't stop me from anything because I think if I want like if I want to have sex with somebody, I've entered into a situation where it's like, okay, I'm gonna have sex with you. Like masturbation isn't gonna stop me from being like, no, I want to have sex with this person because I'm I'm very decisive in that way of yeah. if if I if I've said that I'm going to enter into something, I'm probably going to do it. And if I don't do it in that moment, I'll do it later. <laughs> like, but I don't think that for me, they don't compare because they're very different sensations and it's very different yeah. interacting with somebody because um, like a, a Brio, did I say your name correctly? Yeah. yeah. Like, like they were saying, you're, you're entering somebody, you're being entered by somebody, you're face, you know, not necessarily face to face, but you're, on somebody you're <laughs> you're connecting i'm sorry I you're connecting. You your face is in crevices those are all yeah, true like, though yeah, yeah whatever yeah. it is 
I was going to say something interesting while you guys are talking. You know what I was thinking? Like, uh, it's such a shame that I think that the ma- the the masses view like sex as like penetrative or whatever. But I was just thinking, and which is most of what I do because I don't actually have sex. Like, there's nothing more intimate and like vulnerable and like feeling exposed than like masturbating with someone else in the room while they're also masturbating like that is another level it's actually crazy (laughs) that's that's stuff doing that it's like so disarming and like primal and like whoo I feel, is, very, like, that's, I feel like it's probably the most intimate type of sex, I think, because it's Agreed. like, you know, what, do, what would you look like and what would they look like? And then it's like, you're not even doing it like for, you're doing it for yourself, but also with yeah. each other. Like it's companionship in a weird mm-hmm. way. Like it's, it's, a, it's layers. It's, of it's it. almost like a, it's funny that Brianda used the word primal because it's like a courtship ceremony, the way that we're describing it. It's like two people burying themselves and then just like locking eyes. And, oh. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that there's, and it's also like they take to, to, to watch someone else experience, like if you go to completion, obviously like an orgasm, that's mm-hmm. a whole nother, it's like, there's like a spiritual thing to it when it, yeah. when it's outside of you, when it does it, when you've done nothing to it, you're literally just being a voyeur essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother amplified experience. Yeah. Hmm. I feel I, I've, I've gone through, I might as well say this one because it's, we were talking about sex. I've been watched um, having sex with somebody and that itself. Oh, did, did, dude, did you cuck somebody, dude? No. Did you, did you, no, did you no, like, no, no. like some husband? Like, no. Like, <laughs> no. No, like no, no. Oh, that's, that's okay. No. Sorry, that's where my head went. No, yeah, yeah, the dude, like, the dude was on the side uh, as I was fucking his wife. Nah, he hit the triple, you know, the, the, the triple offense. Yes. Um, yeah, it's like. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. Where are we? Stuff. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. Let, let him, let him, let him tell me. Was uh, that person, the other person, the third member, watching us? Hmm. And so it was in that moment, and I don't know how. It just it, if it made me feel so good in the moment. I was, and I don't know. That was like a strange turn on in in that in that part. And so, um, yeah. But. As as for what Brianda is talking about, like masturbating with that person as they're in front of you, that that's just just a whole nother level. That's a whole nother yeah. level. Yeah. It's like an unlocked layer of intimacy. Yeah. Because I think I think in general, like intimate intimacy can occur within sex and without sex, and I think it can occur like in a physical way and in an emotional way, and in a lot of ways, that's like. It's like physical intimacy without touching mm-hmm. somebody. Because think, there is, yeah. Um, I think Brianda brought something up also that was interesting about how we only associate sex with being penetrative. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's so many different types of sex that people have. And it doesn't mm-hmm. always necessarily have to be that. And, you know, if it's mutual masturbation, that's also sex. That's, you know, mm-hmm. so I feel like people... Kind of like I remember, like there was like a Family Guy episode of like Megan, 
uh, Megan and her boyfriend, like, they didn't want to have sex. Um, so they were, ear. like, having sex in their ears. Like, they uh, were, like, in their ears or something. You go and, black, you go deaf. And it's, like, you know, obviously that's a, a, a crazy example, but it's, like, it doesn't necessarily, you know, people try to think, like, oh, if it's not, you know, PIV, then it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And it should count. It still should count. And I want to broaden this because I want to take this opportunity to talk about it because I just recently had this conversation with my girl Weezy. Like we were talking about why uh, why that exists and she automatically went to, well, men think that, uh, da, 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 da. you know, we uh, there's this tendency to like go on the bash men route, which I'm game for. <laughs> like I, I can do that. I think they can afford it, right? But I will say women also we when we try to adjust our our number or our count or whatever or when we don't want to have penetrative sex we'll be like oh i just sucked his dick it's not sex like okay then it starts yeah. with us it starts with us if we're gonna <laughs> but i think that's also because because guys shame girls for having a high body count or whatever the body count looking is and then but guys take pride in them having a okay high body well count. what i'm saying is it starts with us then we have to like yeah race what it is like if yeah, you I've suck someone's it. dick, you had sex. I I consider yeah. sex if somebody has made me come or if I've made you come, we had sex. <laughs> and if Ooh. it didn't happen, it didn't happen. I mean, you didn't come, then we didn't have sex. We don't okay. speak of it. <laughs> we don't this is talk interesting. about it. I just way, went way down. <laughs> this is- <laughs> I'm kidding. I no, I said that. Zoe's like, I had sex one time. I said that I I mean that to say like because a lot of the sex I I have is not bound to penetration. So Hmm. that's what I mean when I say like if I've made you come or if you've made me come. Also, I am lucky and fortunate enough to like have sex with experienced people who I can make come and who can make me come. So my number is higher by association. I think that's a great rule of thumb, though. Like, you know, it's a per- that you make someone come or they make you come. Or even if just a, you're just like, you know, we had a great sweaty time. And that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. Mm. Zoe. Mm, 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 she's swallowing. Mm, pause. <laughs> pause. And also, we think we should normalize. And I think I'm saying this because yo soy la viejita here. I'm like older. Another thing I think we should older is what I meant to say. It was what that was. Yes. Is that sex doesn't always mean like to completion, to orgasm. Yeah. Like they so, also yeah. attribute like like what Zoe just said. Like a lot of people in couples and relationships and stuff. Like let's stop idealizing and romanticizing like what being in a relationship is. Right. Like you're not. A lot of the times. Sometimes the guy doesn't bust. Sometimes they may be going through something. When guys are stressed, they have issues coming. Or like same with women. Yeah. Like I also think that normalizing that kind of helps demystify this like a no- this like movie idea of what sex is. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes we ain't coming. Yeah. Right. And it's fine. It's and it's still fine. Women, still come on. Fine. Yeah. Women know what you guys know what I'm talking about. Like it's just because it, we're so much more complicated to get there. It's just see this is this actually ties into a, a, a Jude. I want to let you ask your your question, it's but this ties question. into the last thing I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. well, actually, well, you know what? It's it could actually be for real. So the reason why I came up with this whole I didn't come up with the whole episode, but the, this topic came into mind was I'm sitting at work with um, a bunch of my female coworkers, and I was actually asking them for helps about a topic, 
and it just naturally went to sex. And I've been listening to a lot of Patrice O'Neill, and he had a terrible joke, which was fucking hilarious. But he was talking about dental dams. And I asked all my homegirls, I was like, yo, have y'all ever used a dental dam or has anyone used a dental dam on you? And a bunch of grown women were like, what's that? And I was terrified. And then I explained to them what a dental dam was. And they were either like, no, hell no. And if you're trying to use that shit, immediately we're not having sex. And there was only one girl who ever used it. And she was super bi and had sex with women. And I was wondering, Zoe, has any has anyone ever used a dental dam on you, or use or have you used a dental dam? No, I mean, I I knew what they were before this conversation, but I've never, I've never experienced that in my encounters with people. I do think it's like for safety purposes, I do think that it's the smartest thing to do because I feel like just everybody should be protecting themselves when they're having sex if that's what they want to do because it's really not my business how other people have sex um but I do it's never been something that's ever like I've never even been asked to use one I think I've had partners that are like if you would like to we can but I've never been in a space where I was like I would like to use a dental dam um personally but I also am very like I get tested often and I like to know my status of things because I don't want to pass something along to somebody haphazardly yeah. Um, but also, I do like. I want to take this opportunity to say that like people really need to destigmatize a lot of um, STDs, especially things like herpes, because seventy five percent of the population is herpes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to the point where medical offices don't test for herpes usually when yeah, people get don't. tested because there's no there's no point. At some point, everybody will have herpes. It's not a thing. It's literally just a skin condition that people need to stop treating like it's this awful thing and it makes you less of a sexual partner or less of a person or dirty or whatever stigma people put on things because it's literally just rap. Yeah, oftentimes the stigma the stigma is worse than the actual condition. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we have about 10-ish minutes left. Okay. And um the, part of part of what um parts of these questions that I have have been mm-hmm. discussed. But um, I think I want to start with this one because it was discussed most recently. It just came up. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the woman's orgasm is like the most contested topic on the planet um, in terms of like its accessibility, mm-hmm. um, whether or not like achieving it indicates like mm-hmm. a certain skill level, who, ca- who is able to, to achieve it better. Then it, it does become this thing between like, for example, between straight men and lesbian women that like there's this like have uh, we ever had this conversation you and i directly maybe not but twitter definitely um because there's always someone on twitter talking about like oh i used to have sex with guys and think that like that was the thing but now i'm like coming 10 times a night with my with my new partner and so i'm just wondering like and while we're talking about stigmas and everything like um who who do you think contributes most to that debate if you feel that you that you see it a lot and is it like i mean does it matter like is it you know is it at all harmful is it you know how how do we feel about and of course we'll we'll go with the women first because you know it's y'all's thing <laughs> for for me i think accessibility to orgasms has to do with especially like if you are 
in general, if you're just having sex with a person who has a vagina, I think a lot of it comes from talking to your partner and asking them what makes them feel most comfortable. I have never been in a like straight heterosexual relationship, um, a, a straight cisgender heterosexual relationship. So I've never had, and I'm fortunate to have had this experience. And I'm not saying that it's like applicable just to like straight women that have this issue. I've never had a partner who hasn't asked me what I want when it comes to mm -hmm. sex or what sex looks like for me. So a lot of the times I'm fortunate enough to intersect, even if I don't come, I'm, I intersect with somebody who has shown interest in knowing my body beforehand. And therefore we have like a little starting point, but yeah. I think or orgasming and getting your partner to orgasm has to do with communication sometimes and saying like especially if you're like having oral sex asking is this okay is there something that you are looking for am i in the right direction because clips can be hard to find for some people like mm. those like those kinds of things matter like i think when it comes to orgasming and i'm just i'm beating a dead horse here um it just comes for me it comes from communication and i think as far as like straight heterosexual hypermasculine twitter especially like heterosexual black masculine cisgender twitter and like black lesbian twitter i have seen this debate but i don't pay no attention to it because i personally feel like any person who is on twitter like really just trying to drive home the fact that they make people come on twitter I don't, I don't know if you can or cannot, <laughs> but I'm like thoroughly uninterested. I don't care. It's Twitter. Mm. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Twitter is not real. I want to, under, I want everybody to understand this. Twitter is not real. I don't give a fuck what anybody says on Twitter. You know why? Because people lie and it's so much easier to lie on Twitter. I could mm. go on Twitter right now and say, I fucked a hundred bitches today and I made all of them come. You know what I did today? I went for a walk. Right. Simple as that. I don't care what anybody says on Twitter. That's fair. Abril or Brianda? Brianda, you want to go? Uh, accessibility. What was the question again? <laughs> the it's question a, it's was basically. No, I understand. Um, uh, the question was basically about why, uh, why and or how the woman's orgasm has become such a contested topic, and whether or not like you feel that that matters, or if it's like harmful in any way. Well, yeah, because for fucking eons, we've disregarded women. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's just, it hasn't even been of, like, importance uh, respecting women, much less pleasing them after, right? Like, yeah. so I think it originates from that. Uh, and I, I, speaking from my, from personally, I think the only way I ever achieved an orgasm was from uh knowing that this person respected me he made me feel comfortable i was mm. comfortable around them like that's just the only way i can again speaking from my experience right because i know that there are people who can table emotions and just go to town so they tell me i have my own beliefs on that but i don't want to go there for the sake of time but mm. i I, I would, I don't know, five, someone that you can be vulnerable with and yourself with those kinds of orgasms are different. And even the people that say that they do, they, they have casual sex and they're fine. Nothing beats an orgasm with someone you care about. 
then that you mm. know cares about you and respects you and honors mm. you and your body and understands you and your body. That is like anyone who argues that I will listen. I will debate for like until I'm blue in the face. It's just mm-hmm. you're lying. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's well said, and I think that's accurate. Um, Ariel. Um, and then I have I like one, that- one and a half more questions. Uh, I think that um, what both the women here have said are exactly right. And I think I really want to highlight the communication is like super important. Like I, I used to be very afraid of, because I'm a very, I'm very much like a people pleaser. I just want to be like, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Mm. But even when it's not, you know, so I feel like it took time and in experiencing different people for me to gain that confidence to be like actually that's not great can you do this instead actually you know like and just kind of figuring it out but i think actually that hurts could you please slow down or honestly truly even that like telling them that something hurts like so i don't know what it is with guys or they're like nah like i'm like no when i'm telling you it hurts i don't know what you want me to say (laughs) oh my god no no or getting yourself to say it like what you were saying for so get, many years yes. i'd be like let me just stay quiet and like be freaking attacked for 15 minutes straight oh yeah or why sure. especially like, when you're normalized to think especially when you're young i've heard oh yeah it's supposed to hurt at first or it's supposed to hurt sometimes no, and i'm like no. that doesn't sound like, like that. fun that don't sound like fun at all and so i think no. that if i could encourage women to do anything is practicing no, actually, that doesn't work for me. Actually, that hurts. Actually, whatever. Um, and and just interjecting because it's just gonna be better for everyone involved. And I think for guys too. I I remember like the conversation of consent. I mean, it's always it's been a more open conversation the last couple of years. But I think uh, there was a a period where people were kind of like, oh, but it's awkward to say, oh, is this okay? Is that okay? Um, but I'm like. Mm-hmm. Honestly, from experience, it turns me on more if somebody is actively being like, are you good? Okay. And then I'm asking them, are you good? Like, because you you want everybody to be good. Isn't that the people, whole point? Yeah. People yeah. think consent isn't attractive. Uh, it's so attractive. It. I don't think, that, I don't think people understand how it's great because it's like, you know, it's, if you think about it, like in outside of the bedroom, like. I don't know. If somebody brings you like a fucking burger and you don't like burgers, it's like, oh, okay. But if somebody is like, oh, do you like pizza? Oh, yeah, I love pizza. Okay, here you go. Here's pizza. Like, it's really as simple as that. And I I think that it just really takes someone being, it, it just takes, there, some people have so much insecurity that they don't want to feel like, they're doing a bad job or that they're not liked or, or, or whatever it is. I think it, you have to overcome that and you have mm-hmm. to like, like Brianna said, you have to like be with someone who's gonna, you can kind of tell, you can kind of vibe with someone and tell a little bit in the beginning, if they're going to respect you in that way. Um, you can't always tell, I'm not going to say, you know, not everyone is as clear or an open book, um, but it is, you know, so it's something that you can kind of gauge in the beginning of conversations. And even me, like I, like I date guys and I ask them like, what, you know, when you get angry, how do you react? 
Um, I, I asked them about women, like, you know, their exes and things like that. See how they describe them and how they talk about them, because that to me tells me a lot, you know, so mm. just little clues like that. Tell me a little bit. Background about... check. Test them. Test yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so yeah. I just think that it's, you know, yeah, like it, it's not easy for women to come and or to orgasm and you just, it just takes a lot of communication. Yeah. I yeah. think also what I want to add is kind of like I think it's very important like communication really and I'd like if there's anything anybody takes from like listening to this like communication really does matter you need to check in with your partners about what they're comfortable with and what their boundaries are because being in a space where somebody has like breached consent with you is something that you un like your partner has to live with that and there mm -hmm. there are long-term effects to having somebody not pay attention to you in that space and in that way and it's it's even things as simple as like thinking that your partner wants to be like woken up with head that needs to be a conversation like those things should not ever happen to anybody without expressing whether or not that's a boundary and it seems right. sexy in the moment until you realize that you violated somebody's boundaries like you have yeah. to be very conscientious with boundaries Right. And I want to emphasize that this is something that applies to both men and women. Like this is important for everyone involved and everyone non-conform. Like, it's just like, if I feel like guys sometimes are like, Oh no, I have sex. You know, like, like they, it's like a pride thing. And it's like, you, you're allowed to also have boundaries. If you don't want to do something, you're allowed to say no and that you don't want to do something. That's okay too. And, and of course for women and, and for everyone. Um, but yeah. 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 I, it, it's, it's that, it's that, uh, it's that spontaneity, like you said, that, that feels appealing. And someone mentioned movies earlier and that's the thing. Nobody, unless it's, unless it's a comedy, nobody talks to each other in movies when they're having sex. It's just this like meant this mental, emotional connection. And so that make, that turns you off from the coding is if I have to speak to someone during sex, I'm bad at it. Yeah. You know, if I have to ask questions, I'm not doing it right. So I'm just going to do it and no one's going to say anything. Like sex, problems. like sex is just a fucking little montage scene in a movie with fucking. Right. Neo you can't listen. The getting the pants off alone is like, <laughs> but um, I want to <laughs> in, in, in closing, I want to turn to you, Brianna, for this last question before everyone goes around, and gets their song of the week. I won't forget that this time. Uh, we always end on a, a positive note. But Brianda, I, the reason I'm coming to you for the last uh, word here is because you do have a perspective that is um, a little bit countercultural for people our age and uh, you know millennial Gen Z, the, the idea of celibacy. And, and you've talked about what it is, you've defined it, but I'm really curious, not trying to convert anybody, I'm just curious to hear you explore why, why celibacy? you know, and what it, what it does for you and what you think it can do for anyone. Oh my God. I'll, I'll, I mean, like I said, I, I don't mean to be pro problematic, but it just ends up sounding that way given the time that we're mm. in. Um, I would go as far as to say, I think that every, and I'm going to speak for women and men, but most like um, specifically to women. I think that every woman within the ages of 20 to 25, should experience a sustained time of abstinence at least once in their life. Yeah. If for anything else, if for anything else, just to uh, uh, put sex off the table 
and experience themselves in a way that is rid of this pressure, right? Uh, and figure out like what their desires are with in regards to sex, per- sex period. Who knows? After that, after that pocket of time, they may be fucking like a bunny after. Who knows? But whatever that does for you, like what, like it'll probably embolden you regardless. So that mm-hmm. that's that. If I could encourage anyone to even like try, the amount of time could be varies from people. Like for mm-hmm. him, three weeks. For me, three years. For like you know, it 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 d- depends on who you are, right? There's no wrong mm-hmm. answer here. But mm-hmm. it, it, especially between the ages of 20 and 25, like I, I'm like, I want to write a book. I want to write a movie. I want to write so much about it because yeah. I, I feel like it's seldom talked about. If anything, it's like, no, do it and, and explore it. And that's how you learn. And it's like, well, hold right. on now. Hold on now. Mm-hmm. What if we what if we table that for a minute? Figure out what we desire from doing this act in the first place. What Figure out what what yes. we desire in other people from other people mm-hmm. and how we can be, how can we can give also as well as receive. We're oftentimes thinking of like, what do I want to receive and how does it look like? What do you want to give? And what does that look like? Yes. Like, I feel like the best way to do it, the most thorough way, the most effective, the most productive way to do that is by assessing it at a distance. Get yourself in that incubator for a little bit. Right. Yeah. Can I um, and that, for sure. What is it? It, it, it might be a personal question. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Girl, I'm an what open book. It, what up? <laughs> what is it like dating while celibate? Uh, you, have you been dating while celibate? Well, because of the pandemic, it's been kind of unusually slower. But, uh, and I'm also a career girl. So, like, mm-hmm. I get so much pleasure and fulfillment from, like, my work and my career and my, like, dreams yeah. and aspirations and stuff that, like, dating really, uh, it's, like, takes a second second seat but um i'm seeing a guy now who mm-hmm. is like freaking awesome isn't gonna be my life partner because he doesn't want children he's also been divorced twice but mm. i think he's super cool and what's interesting about him is that he i, I he has like stimulated me in every single freaking way in ways i've never imagined like mm-hmm. and he, and you want to know what it is i think it stems from the fact that he is unfazed by the fact that I've decided to abstain from sex. If anything, Mm -hmm. it makes him even more intrigued by me because he's also from, lives in New York. Like Mm -hmm. he's a handsome guy over six feet. Like if he sees it for him, it's like a, I don't know. If I think men are into women that are emboldened by their sexuality. There are some women who are emboldened by having a lot of partners and that's a-okay there are women that are emboldened by being modest and not having sex with multiple people and that's okay too and i think that ultimately it has nothing to do about what they're doing i think men like a confident emboldened woman and i think Mm -hmm. that seeing him be turned on by me turns me on (laughs) you know what i mean so that's what's been he's also older right so i think that that helps too i think i definitely like like the over 40 range, over 35 for sure. I just, I'm figuring out. my co-host can speak to that a little bit. Oh God, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Listen, man. But that's for, that's for, that's for off the record. That's for, <laughs> that's for off the record. That's for when we're getting spicy and when it's just join clubhouse motherfuckers. <laughs> Got it. Sorry, go ahead, Brianda. No, just that. That was the question. So dating has been really cool. Finding new ways to display affection sans yeah. sex. It's been really cool. Yeah. yeah, I love I love that because I I haven't had I haven't well I 
I dated somebody for a while, mm -hmm. but I feel like it's hard to like find somebody who's comfortable being with somebody who's not in a space to have sex. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't become an issue, at least at my age. So I'm mm -hmm. just like, I just don't want to date anybody until I'm ready to have sex again because I don't want to have that pressure of feeling like I have to fulfill somebody sexually. Mm -hmm. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. They're out there too, man. Like if someone's interested in you and interested in getting to know you, it won't even be a question. Like yeah. it would be, I mean, what would you afford? What would you, if someone approached you or it was the, the shoe was on the other foot, right? Like, what yeah. if they were like to you, Zoe, I'm actually waiting. And you were super into this person. Like you thought they were sexy as hell, their mind, body, spirit. Would you be, would you like automatically be like, okay, that's over. It's not happening. Like, I, I, I doubt that. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm being a presumptuous, who knows, but I just doubt that. I, I would at I think least entertain them. What? Yeah, I think it depends on where I am in my life because I I do think sex is very important to a relationship for me personally. Mm -hmm. But where I am now is like I don't want to have sex because I really want to focus on my job and on like figuring out who I am outside of like relationships. Like that's mm -hmm. my goal is to be better at everything I'm doing outside of relationships. But mm -hmm. I don't know if I would be happy being unable to connect with my partner in that way because I do think a lot of things go unspoken through sex or like a lot of things are spoken through sex that aren't necessarily easy to say mm -hmm. for sure it's listen I there was this yeah I there's a the guy that I was dating before this guy this most recent guy it was a sexiest German dude oh my god this guy was younger he was he was 30 and he I remember when I told him about it and we dated for a bit after because mm -hmm. he just like, we were just really cool. Like I'm a cool ass girl and I like cool, entertaining people as well. <laughs> um, so I, I, he, he told me, he said, I, the way having sex with people is how I know more about them. Like it's how yeah. I know more about mm -hmm. me with them. And these are things that I've had discussions with, with guys about that in that same way. A lot of the times on some just on some real shit men know if they like someone through sex and that's a-okay for 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 them and their future partners right mm -hmm. it's not that's not the language i speak like for me yeah. it's for me it's like a cherry on top it's not there's so many other more integral crucial things about each other that i would much rather have before mm -hmm. but that's that, like i said that's that's me and and i wouldn't have gotten there if it weren't for my relationship with god yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I wow. I mean, I think there's there's so much, and you know, Brianda, if you would be willing, we'd we'd love to have you back on in the future. There's a lot more, you know, about you and your experiences that we can unpack, and I just think that you have, you you're a voice that I think is is vital. If I can be so bold uh, at at this moment, do you um, think vital? I'm I'm not even trying to gas you. Like I don't. I'm not interested in that. Like I really. Um, I'm I'm going through my own relationship uh, with Christ and my own Christian walk and everything, but I think like I'm just always fascinated by people who are, especially again in our generation, who are like devoted to something and who are are unbothered by the the uh, criticism of it. So you fascinate me in that regard, and I'm I'm really grateful that you could come on. Um, Thanks I think for having me. Said, of course, I, I think something that you said that was so interesting is th this idea of like observing sex from a distance, right? And a lot of times sex can be a substitution for something else. And I think, you know, going back to this idea of men, like 
and the and Jude, we've talked about this in a previous episode, but the What's repression up? that sometimes men go through, men's health. That that yeah. episode we had, when when this idea that like you know, and I real what you said. What do you do? What do you like when you get angry? There's a lot of times that men, if they can't take out, if they feel subdominant in life, if they can't express their dominance anywhere else, they'll come home and bring it into the bedroom, right? Yeah. And that's like that's not okay. What are you substituting that sex for? Or you know what I mean? Abusing, so, or just abusing the people they love. And exactly. the, and just because you f- you achieve physical pleasurable sensations, you're actually doing the opposite to your spirit, to yourself, to yourself psychologically, falling mm-hmm. under the tropes and traps of uh, childhood traumas that you're just repeating. You know, hundred percent. It you could yeah. So so really profound conversation this wound up being, guys. Um, before we go, you know we like to always end up on a positive note. Ahmad, I'll let you go first. What is your song of the week? Okay, so my song of the week. It's been. <laughs> it's it's, it's been not weeks since you look at me. I'm sorry. Well, sorry. I am a, I am an old school soul, so I can I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I hear that, it's been that week. No, you good. You good. Um, I got I got back into the song. It's one of my favorites, and it's called "Fly Away" by the group High Five. And oh, cool. um, oh my God, it's so it's still. How does it go? Um, I I can send it to you, but the, the, the first the Sing first it. line of it is "Never did I believe in fairy tales till I met you." Mm. Okay, changed my whole world. <laughs> Ahmad was a vocal major at our high school, so you okay. got the right one. <laughs> yeah, it's called "Fly Away" by High Five. It's so good. It's so good. I fuck with it so much. So. Very nice. I real. <laughs> Um, I've been listening to a mix of things, but I really uh been liking "Are We Still Friends" by Tyler the Creator. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Good pick, good album. Zo, I was muted, y'all. I'm back. Um, <laughs> I would say "Overrated" by Blast. Mm. Good one, Brianda. Oh my God! Yes, hi. Um. Oh God, I have two at the tip of my tongue i've been okay so i love like 90s early 2000s like pop electronic like i mm-hmm. that's my job that's my jam mm-hmm. i would say that do you guys know the song um rapture by uh i i o featuring nadia ali no your rapture tastes so sweet no Damn, y'all are really young. Anyways, but it's 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 really really good. And if not that, I have another one. Hame, dude, these three white girls are the best. Hame, they have this song called Three A.M. featuring Thundercat. They had the they released like their deluxe. It is such a good record. Like I can't. I'm sweating that song. I listen to it every freaking morning and night for the last three weeks. It's so good. So. Mm. There awesome. How's she gonna come Jude? at us for knowing that that song and say we young? <laughs> it's a, listen, it's an old song. That's okay. <laughs> well then, I'll I'll bring the age up of the homies. Uh, how's it going down by DMX? Literally oh, DMX love okay. it. It's okay. the best video. I can't wait to ride the streets of New York on my bike, no shirt on, ripping down the streets. What type of games are being played? How's it going down? Do all that after you get your COVID vaccine. I got it. Oh, okay, never mind. 
<laughs> I got now it. He's good to go. Shouts out to Black Girl Magic. Shouts out to Black Girl Magic Podcast, Megan Job and Destiny. Can't remember her last name, but you her suck. Name, first name. <laughs> I know, right? I'm the worst. Um, my song. Of Sorry, the week. Destiny. Your your last name is forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> At least I remember the name of the one who I know. I went to high school with Megan, yeah. but I, I I don't remember Destiny's uh, Armstrong. I think it might be actually. Anyway, um, the song that I'm going to pick, um, I haven't picked a gospel song in a while, <gasps> and uh, this song has. I mean this this show this this episode has left me feeling melody uh, a bit inclined. <laughs> no, not melodies from heaven. Um, Repay You by P J Morton featuring. Oh. That song. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, PJ. Yeah, I have a whole. Um, I actually have a whole worship playlist, Brianna. Oh. Send it. Send it. Oh, I, I love it sharing you. my worship songs with my friends. We share Spotify playlists all the time. Send it. Yeah, I'll I'll pass that to you. And of course, for our listeners, check uh, Harlem's very own playlist where all of these uh, suggestions will be added. Um, but as for now, wait, wait, no, I want I want to also say when does this come out? Monday. Tomorrow. Actually, uh, on, on Women's oh, Day, International okay. Women's Amazing. Day. Amazing. Okay, hey, great. So, timely. wait, my, my new podcast comes out this this Wednesday. You guys just got the exclusive. Fantastic. Put in your plug. Bible with Brianda? Uh, Bible Stories with Brianda. Ooh, Ooh it's lit. That's the one you and Weezy were talking about? Yes, we're dropping tomorrow. Fantastic. We dropped the it's trailer. Time. We dropped the trailer tomorrow. I know, it's fucking wild. HVO got the exclusive tip bro yeah don't you talk see about what it you do, internationally known what don't, are you talking about don't you talk about it do. until i post until i do the we stuff. Ain't say shit. the harlem shogunate all right yeah. i'm so excited but for that march 10th it's gonna be a really real it's gonna be really good guys i think again again vital voice uh keep keep me posted about that because i'm i'm really excited uh for that um cool. wow well we've done a lot of good work here tonight yeah. uh ladies and gents uh, that's going to be a wrap for us. If you want more Uptown Love, beloveds, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and Pandora now. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HVOPod. Listen through our back catalog and follow Off the Record with Harlem's very own on Clubhouse, where we will have weekly off-the-cuff discussions with the hosts and homies of HVO. I want to thank our guests, Zoe and Brianda for coming on, being vulnerable with us. I want to thank Abril for coming back. Always good to see you, my sister. We will have this out for y'all, and we will keep the tunes rolling. Later in March, we'll talk about the Grammys. It's going to get probably spicy. (laughs) But I wish you... Grammy best rap album of the year. (laughs) Listen, man, I'm rooting for you. Um, I'm rooting for you, rooting for him, I should say. Uh, And with that, we are out. Blessings and excellence. Be easy. Deuces. Brrrr.